And welcome to Alchemy Radio, the home of the open mind. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you're enjoying the show and the variety of eye and ear opening guests that we're bringing to you on a regular basis. As you know, we've been talking about increasing the output on the show from bi-weekly to weekly for the last while. And this is the first example of that. We're slowly but surely increasing our output. As you know, we're currently free, non-profit and available on demand from alchemyradio.net and iTunes. And the listenership is increasing every day, so I'm making my regular appeal for donations because as the show increases in popularity, so do costs. And it's becoming more and more expensive to prepare, produce and host the show. So your help is needed. You'll find the donate button on the website. And all we ask is that if you can at all, of course, no obligation, but if you can at all, even spare the price of a cup of coffee every month or something small like that. It will go a long, long way towards keeping us afloat. And it's much appreciated. Check out our new Twitter account as well, twitter.com forward slash alchemy radio, where you can get following and interacting with us with all your feedback, guest suggestions and other input. And we're on Facebook as well. Alchemy radio is what you need to type in to find us. So on to the show. This week's guests are Betty and Fran Cosgrave. Betty is based in South Dublin and she's been working with and helping people make changes in their lives for over 20 years. Using an eclectic blend of therapies and spiritual intuition, she helps clients gain clarity and profound insights into their own particular issues. Fran has had a very colourful life, which I'm sure he'll go into in a couple of minutes with us. But uh, basically, he reached a point in his life where it dawned on him that although things had been adventure-filled up to a certain point... The highs were usually followed by very challenging lows. He discovered NLP, made some changes to his own life, and he's here to tell us all about that as well. So, on the phone, and a very big welcome to Alchemy Radio for the first time, Betty and Fran Cosgrave. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much, John. Fantastic today, John. Great, great for having us. Thank you very much. Well, the pleasure's all mine. And I always like to have similarly minded people on the show and people who have a good positive outlook. And both of you have that exact outlook. We're going to start with Fran and then we'll come to you, Betty. And just a little bit, Fran, about your background and how you got from where you were to where you are now. Um... I suppose you know. Ever since I ever since I was kind of young, and I can remember, I've always uh, I've always kind of viewed uh, chasing my dreams. I suppose you would call it. You know, of having a view of following what was in my heart to 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 do with my life, which uh, which has led me on many journeys over a while. I left Ireland in 1999, and um, uh, after being away traveling for a while, I got home and decided, you know, I really wanted to spread my wings, and I ended up in London. Mm. And on my way to a job that had all been sorted out. However, when we got there, the job fell through. And I suppose it was the first time, you know, I became aware of uh, my ability to, I suppose, to apply flexibility to my life. Uh, My job fell through. We had nowhere to stay. And we ran out of money. And I ended up meeting some Russian guys and lived in a, found a kind of halfway home come squat. I moved in with them there. And, uh, and from there, I used to use that as a platform to, to kind of launch myself in London, which went on to, uh, I ran the security for Paul Oakenfold's club, Home in Leicester Square, for many years, which was, a, which was an amazing job. And while I was there, I met Westlife and I ended up becoming a security guy with them and traveling the world with them for, for a few years, uh, then going on to owning my own nightclubs and dealing with, I suppose, the, the VIP clients from all over the world. Uh, which led me into television, would you believe, then. Um, and I had a, te- a television career for like five or six years. Where I got to do like programs like uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, and several other kind of high-ranked reality TV programs. And um, also DJing around the world at the time, following my love of music. And uh, about four years ago, I just from overstretching myself and, you know, I lost my way a lot. And I found myself bankrupt and completely at square back to square one at 32 and you know i just come to a point in my life that i needed to find a new way of being able to communicate myself and create tools and techniques that were going to allow me to achieve the things that i wanted on a stable ground you know that wasn't going to be so topsy-turvy and mm. um, so that kind of led me led me into nlp my mum uh, obviously betty has been a coach for um many many years and has taught nlp 
for 14 years, I think it is, 13, 14 years? 13, 14 years. Um, and uh, she had suggested to me many times, as mothers do, that, you know, you really need to look at doing this, where I just wasn't open to it at the time. Sure, yeah. And I'd come to a point in my life that, you know, I'd, I'd just, I'd hit like a point that I knew I couldn't continue with my map of the world, wasn't working for me anymore. Um, and that's when uh, Betty suggested I get a coach, and that's when I start getting coaching, and my, uh, I suppose my love of NLP began from there now and it's uh i i've uh ended up going on a, i took nlp course went on to become a master practitioner and i literally applied it every single day in my life since and the results that i've obtained and the people i've been able to help all around the world it's like i, I my life's nearly unrecognizable from previous four years and the pain and the hardship and the challenges that i've created around the choices I've made and I suppose that my family and myself had to live through at the time. So Betty, of course you're Fran's mum and you have an extensive background in neurolinguistic programming. Give us a little bit of that background and I suppose how you got from where you were to where you are now. Well it's amazing. I was introduced to NLP when I was 16. Uh, I went to live in London. Okay. From I came from a very uh, difficult background and I wanted to get away and I knew there was a lot out there in the world and I wouldn't experience it where I was living. Mm-hmm. So I went I went to London when I was 16 and I got involved in a meditation group and one of the people in the meditation group uh, was very involved in NLP and I found it fascinating, absolutely fascinating to learn that we actually do have choices and that to learn about our thinking that how we, whatever we're thinking at the moment is going to create how I will feel tomorrow. So it's about our thinking and the language pattern we use with ourselves. And also about, you know, how we frame our world. Uh, again, to an old saying, the glass can be half empty or half full. So I learned a lot at that stage about NLP. It took me a few years then to get into it on the level that I did get into it. I got into a lot of other things first. I trained as a reflexologist, um, a Reiki master, um, a craniosacral therapy, a lot of other therapies. And then I I actually stepped back. I realized that my clients were getting a lot out of it and they were changing their lives, but there there was something missing. And that's when, about uh, 15, 16 years ago, I actually really got back into the NLP and coaching. And I went and I trained with Richard Bandler as a practitioner and straight away as a master practitioner. And I was so engaged with it as Fran is. It changed my life so much and the clients I was working with at the time that I went very fast into train as a trainer. And, and a, a life coach, a behavioral coach as well. So um, from then I set my business up. I did my trainer training. Uh, it's 13 years ago. And two months later, I gave my first seminar teaching the NLP practitioner. And I had 53 people on it. I was well known at the time for everything else I was doing. So when I introduced this, a lot of people here hadn't heard a lot about NLP. And when I I gave talks like Fran and I are going to do on uh, Monday the 9th, I start giving uh, free seminars and giving little tools and techniques all over Ireland to let people know that there are ways of managing our life and that we could learn how to respond to situations in our life rather than react. So I went all around Ireland giving two-hour free talks, giving little tools and techniques and handing out the, the techniques, printed techniques that people could go away with a sheet of paper that they didn't have to try and remember everything that I, I suggested to them at the talk. Mm-hmm. And from there, I built an amazing uh, business with NLP on one-to-one and on the training. So it's been a long road, but a very successful road by all accounts. And I think staying with you for a second, Betty, let's talk a little bit about what exactly NLP is, where it came from, how it developed, because there will be many listeners who won't be over familiar with it at this point. Well, I think it's about 40, 45 years ago, Richard Bandler and um, his partner actually set up. They, he was a linguist and, and uh, he was he's 
I think he is. He's basically um, a scientist, wasn't he, as well? A from a mathematical, from a mathematical yeah. point of view. Okay. He came into partnership with John Grinder at the time. That's right. He was into uh, psychology and yeah. the linguistic side of it. Mm. Um, and through joining of those two things together, um, they wanted to actually go out and find out what worked. Actually, what was the thing that actually made people make changes and how could it happen quicker? At the time, they didn't quite engage with the same kind of therapies that might have taken a, a long time to kind of associate a change inside someone. Um, I actually just listened to Richard Bandler uh, talking the other day about how they came into the hypnosis side of things with the Milton model. Um, it was suggested to him at the time that he, uh, that he go and check out uh, Eric Milton because uh, he was amazing. And in his own words, he said that he sent several people to see what it was like and every single one of them came back and couldn't even remember being at the guy's seminar. So that kind of joined in that level there. Um, and they went to actually model, you know, what actually makes people su uh, successful and how they could actually, uh, I suppose, repeat those, um, how could they repeat those patterns inside of a practice to allow people to make change. Right. So, it's, yeah, yeah so, go ahead, Betty. Yeah, that's, that's actually what NLP is about. N being neuro, the brain, L, linguistic the language we use and yep. P, the patterns that we have are the data from the time we're born we, we, we create patterns in our behavioral structure in the mind and that's what NLP is about it's about looking at how we view the world what our beliefs and values are how we got them and how we can actually change keep the ones that, that work for us we have all have brilliant patterns that we've learned that actually keep us on the right track in our life and then the the tracks that the behavior patterns that we have that actually are dysfunctional for us in our day-to-day -day world we can go back and we can actually reprogram those patterns into healthier patterns. So essentially, if somebody becomes involved in NLP, it's about them empowering themselves and using that connection between the neuro neurological processes and language and behavioral patterns learned through experience and actually changing them themselves to achieve some kind of goal in life then, yeah, be it, be it coming from a place of negativity or if they're already enjoying their life and having a good life, they can improve it further. Would I be correct there? Yes, absolutely. People come to it from all levels. I work and, and train a lot of people from high-level CEOs, team leaders in lots of very large companies, uh, and the companies would, come, would pay for the, their team leaders or CEO to do the course to learn new communication skills. A lot of the time, you know, people, even in, in higher-level uh, jobs, are not good communicators mm. and they may be very good at making money and then in the climate we've, we've come into now they realize a lot of businesses are realizing now that to keep their business on that high level that their team leaders their ceos have to learn new commu open communication skills and that's what they learn with nlp and coaching well, the amazing thing about NLP as well, it's always evolving, isn't it? I mean, yes. every, NLP yeah. is the, it's so flexible that you can apply it to whatever the model of the world that you're using and allow you to generate and create better outcomes. Now, a lot of people that I coach are already extremely successful. And um, whereas uh, my background being in celebrity and performance and stuff, I coach a lot of people that are on television. I coach actors, um, athletes, people who want to generate uh, already generate amazing results. However, they want to actually understand how they do it, be able to fine-tune it, and, you know, supercharge the ability to be able to anchor themselves into those states that they need to be able to facilitate themselves to get those results all the time. Fantastic. So let's imagine a scenario for a second. Let's imagine that um, I'm 20 years of age and I don't know anything about NLP, but I've been going through a really tough time in my life and I'm despairing and family or family things are not going well. And I just don't know what to do. I don't know what kind of corner it is I need to turn to improve stuff. And I come into contact with either you, Betty, or you, Fran. What would be the advice that you would give or, or what kind of process would I undergo then to actually empower myself and to learn these tools? 
Well, the first thing we would do is we would look at the person's environment. They would look at the story that they're telling themselves on a daily basis. They would look at how they're communicating with themselves or with others. Now, I worked with a 17-year-old. It's about 15 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Fabulous young girl. She she has her case history. She wrote her case history herself, and I have it in my book. A wonderful girl, but I got her when she was 17. She had been seven months in St. Pat's, you know, St. Pat's um, healthcare. Okay. In the, yes, with self-harm and suicide. She'd been there for seven months, not in school. What I worked with her was when I got her, with, in, from one session on, John, she never self-harmed again. Simply because what we did was we looked at the programming that she was coming from. We looked at self-talk that she was doing to enable herself to go into self-harm. And we also then looked at the strategies she used before she she had self-harm, how she actually got herself out of her situation. So we looked at good strategies and we looked at unhealthy strategies. And then we, we, we learned how to reframe we, re- we, we learned how to actually reframe her whole world, that she could look at the world she was in. You can't change your past, but we can help her reframe how she can move forward, learning from the past. That's very, very interesting. It reminds me, in a sense, just as you're speaking, Betty, of somebody who might be out of condition physically and they decide to go to the gym and yes. it requires big physical changes. And again, we're using that word conditioning. They, need, they, they want to get in shape or in condition. So this is almost like the mental side of that same analogy. Would I be correct or it's, am I wide of the mark? Yeah, sorry to interrupt, John. If you just, as you, the example you gave, going to the gym, physical, if you think before you go to the gym, before mm. you get off the couch, you have to think something first. Something has to pass through. A decision is made. Now, what NLP gets down to is how that decision is made. It's what we have to tell ourselves. It's what we are telling ourselves or what we need to tell ourselves. And it actually comes down to the way that we tell ourselves, what um, mode of communication we use to actually get through to it. So, for instance, as Betty just said, especially with someone that's like, as you described earlier on, not that young age and no, they're not happy at home. The f- another way we look at it is, you know, first of all, you know, we've got to know what we do want. Mm. So, you know, underneath it all, everybody on some level does have an idea of what they do want, even if they're not able to um, connect with it at that moment mm. in time. Mm. You know, noticing what we don't want anymore and seeing if there is any value to that that is attached to it, if it's actually uh, providing any value in our life. And sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not. However, once we actually know it's not, we decide that, you know, actually, I don't need to accept this anymore. I don't need to look at it this way. As Betty said, reframing something is looking at the exact same thing, stepping away slightly, disassociating yourself from it, and giving it a new meaning. So it actually is able to move through the thought process, and you're able to come out with a different outcome uh, and a different emotional attachment to it to move it away. And once you do that, you find it, it's like, it's like someone's holding on to you with a rubber band, and all of a sudden when you let go of that rubber band and you decide you don't want to be there, it shoots you out of that moment, and it gives you the ability to be able to create new outcomes. Um, it's very, very exciting. And if you go back to Chloe, Chloe is an extreme case. You go back to another, as you mentioned, a 20-year-old who maybe have lost the way, gone to college and maybe found the first year that wasn't what they actually wanted to do. Mm. And they may be going through a process because they want to please somebody. So you look at all angles of that person. The, you, we give them a different view of the parents. We, we let them see, we frame it again, as Fran said, we get them to stand back and stand in somebody else's shoes. Your parents may be coming at you at an angle that you're not comfortable with. However, let's step into their shoes and see what their concerns are. So you, they, you actually change how they perceive the other person as well as changing their outlook on themselves, John. Absolutely fascinating. And I find it very interesting because we know the past experiences shape, I suppose, who we become or what way we act. And it gives us a certain perspective or a paradigm. And to me, it seems like NLP is 
It's about gaining the tools to change your perspective in a positive way so that you can look at things in the way that you require um, to be able to look at them as an individual as opposed to a one-fits-all solution. And that's the attractive thing for me. I think this this personalization of the change of perspective or enabling people to be able to step outside the existing paradigm and create their own new one. Again, that word framing that you used, I think is a good word. Yeah, well, you know, as you say that, the thing from, especially with NLP, some people uh, from an outside will go, oh, you know, we've heard this and we've heard that. You know, somebody goes, oh, you use it for influencing people. The type of NLP that I've been taught through my mom and that she teaches is a soul-based NLP that's, you know, that's used to help people make choices that actually adds value to themselves, to their partners, to their children, to their jobs. You know, and it, it comes from a point of, you know, once you're able to communicate with yourself and you can understand yourself, you can communicate with the people close to you better. Once you can communicate with them, you can communicate with community around them. And once then you've set up a pattern that you're able to actually maneuver through understanding what you want to say how to actually get it across to people in a way that they'll understand themselves and being able to help them to actually move that on. So when it comes to management of oneself or management of a team or any type of management at all, you know, it, it, NLP training is a must-have in this day and age. It's not something that is like, you know, it's a must-have and, uh, you know, it just adds so much value on so many different levels of your life and the people around you. Once you actually, as I described, wake up, to understanding that we, you know, some people, when we get to an age, say 35, we think this is who we are. We, we repeat the same patterns again, whether they make us happy or sad. Mm. And, you know, NLP is one of the things that allows us to wake up from that and actually realize that everything we do is just a pattern and we've learned that pattern. So if we want to change it, we can actually change it. You know, it's just the same way as we learned it. We go through that process again and we create new outcomes. And it's amazing, John, because... When people train, as I say, I'm doing the training and teaching the, the courses for 13 years, without fail, from the first week end, now, a lot of people that will that are on that course are sent through their companies and the companies are paying, but they tell me that from the first weekend, the changes, how they see their family life, the way they change, and they hear maybe their kids on a different level, and they communicate differently at home, as well as in work. So it's you look at the ecology and when we're training people, we let them know that it's so important to look at the ecology because what happens is they get new patterns and new new tools to manage their emotions and run their own brain. Mm-hmm. And it's very important for them to communicate that to the people they live with, to their children, to the people that they work with. So what they're doing is you're, you're then not only are they making changes, but they're affecting at least 20 other people in their day in a positive way. And connecting with a flexibility in your mm-hmm. own choices and beliefs and values that allows you to be able to, you know, to really move into kind of paradigm, I suppose, in your life that, you know, anything is possible. Yeah. You know, it's what we say. I mean, for instance, everything that we're experiencing now was what we were telling ourselves and what we were thinking about and the programs we've been running up to this time. And it's quite clearly, you know, if you're doing well, you can do even better using those to model what you've done. And uh, obviously, again, we're modeling, uh, apart from NLP, obviously, I write and produce music. Mm. um, And it's been my dream for years to do it. Now, in the last three years since I've applied NLP to producing my music and modeling what I did is I went out and found the top five people in my industry and I found out everything I could about them and I used the model that I created from them and applied it to my own business and over the last three years we've just gone like into the stars. We've uh, signed to the best labels in the world. We're playing all the best gigs all around the world. You know, and it's one of those things that now I can truly say that, you know, I've achieved that level and, you know, not only just have got to it, but now I'm actually able to look at it objectively and think, right, I've got to this far. How much further can I go? I think that's a very good example of how somebody who has an idea or a goal that they're already aware of can apply NLP then to actually go and get that as opposed to the previous example of somebody who was a little bit down in the dumps and used it to get out of that rut. So let's look at positivity versus negativity for a second, because there are one or two naysayers who will say that, oh, well, 
it's um it, it's a, a form of brainwashing or it's this that and the other but my own personal stance on that would be that quite simply nlp is a tool and how somebody chooses to use that tool is down to the person themselves so can you maybe um betty or fran or both of you talk a little bit about that and some of the criticism that NLP as any kind of method or be, be it scientific or pseudoscientific or medical or whatever it is in the world around us, anything new and particularly anything effective tends to come in for a lot of criticism. So how would you address that? Well, yeah, how I address that is there is absolutely no doubt that you can manipulate with NLP because it is a new language pattern. However, and... The way I teach it, there's no way you can manipulate with it simply because we teach it from the heart, we teach it from the soul, we teach it in an environment that is teaching for positive feed forward. And that is exactly the way I teach it. And very quickly on, people realize that when I interview them before, I, I interview people and I meet and chat with them before I sign them up for my course because they, they need to know the way I'm teaching it. If they're looking for just left brain solutions, my course is not the course to do. That, that you, If you want an overall view, you want to learn how to manage your emotions and run your own brain, how to actually move forward and facilitate others in a positive way, even the people that you're living with, and you take everybody into consideration with your new tools, techniques, and language pattern. So that is the way I, I see it, and that is the way I present my courses every year when I'm actually delivering the courses to new delegates. Uh, and I just add on to that. At this stage now, NLP, whether people are aware of it or are just coming aware of it and know that you should do some sort of NLP training, is it's so widespreadly used throughout media, all, all politicians, all people that are in a high stature or power position have nine times out of ten had NLP training at this stage. And what I also say to people is, you know, if this is being used all around you, you know, being aware of it and knowing how to use it for you to get the results you want rather than having someone leading you to that destination, you know, opens up your future to be able to create. As I said, I know a lot about outcomes, but I really do when I'm coaching with people, you know, I always start off with, look, what is the outcome you want and what is the result you want? And, and in, in a respect like that, uh, NLP is everywhere now. There's no denying it anymore. You know, it is as far as I'm concerned, one of the strongest and most powerful tools to understand ourselves first and be able to communicate with ourselves and then the people around us and then obviously the community that are around from there. But um, the, the, the value from myself, I've actually, since I've finished doing my courses, I've actually brought it into my home, to my friendships, to my business. And, you know, it's just it's kind of spanned out from there and the effect it's had on all the people around me a positive effect that I actually use through all my social networking sites now every single day I'm able to add more value to people's lives because of the value I now attach to my own life um, through I suppose NLP I mean I'd say for the first time in my whole life um, now I've actually become comfortable in my own skin and I've accepted myself on a level that is I would have thought impossible before. I'm actually comfortable to be with me, to understand me and who exactly who I am. You know, always knowing that I can continue to expand and add value to myself through that kind of respect. Yes, John. I, the, I just go back to Fran here with that. Yeah. He, um, when Fran rang me uh, to say he had just gone bankrupt, and his life, he didn't know where he could go. He felt his life was finished. I flew over the next day to him, and we walked along the beach. And I, I again, I had, as Fran said, I had suggested to him to, there was an upcoming course in September. And I said, just sit in on it, even just for personal development, that it's going to take you into an environment where everybody is there for positive feed forward to see where they want to be and how they're going to get there, to learn new language patterns in the business world and just to actually allow yourself to grow. And I was amazed from the first weekend with Fran, with the group, because Fran was hesitant. He wanted it and yet he was hesitant. Okay. Oh. And w would that be a kind of common response from people? No, no, it wasn't. I suppose because Fran was my son. Right. 
and no it's funny anybody that comes to me to talk about the NLP and coaching um they they, they I say to them write a list of questions that you want to ask about the training about the material that we're going to be using and about me and then what you want to get from this or why what you feel your company is expecting to get from you when you do this course mm. so and it, the whole belly of it john first is personal development if you can't get the skills and bring them into your life and begin to live your life with these skills you're not going to be able to transcend them in it as a team leader as a ceo as a parent so the whole belly of it is personal development and living the skills on a daily basis yourself using the communication a lot of people don't realize that 93 percent of our communication john is done through body language and tone only 7% is done through the words we actually use. So if, if your body language is very closed or if your tone, if you come across, say, you have a meeting with your boss and you're worried about the meeting that you're having and your body language is uh, shoulders over, head dropped, you're immediately going in uh, with a disadvantage to that meeting. Just by even lifting your shoulders and lifting your head, you automatically feel better. And then your communication becomes much more open. So even simple things like that, that you will, that are learned through NLP are so important. I think that's a very good point because I'm guilty of it myself. So many of us assume that the language side of communication is all that there is and I mean, anybody can walk into a room and people say first impressions last or whatever. And that impression tends not to come from a vocal. It tends to come from the way somebody carries themselves and all these subconscious signals that we pick up at, I mean, literally 24-7. And another good point that, uh, that, that I thought you made, Betty, was when you said that... Um, that NLP and the way that you teach it and the courses that you do, it's it's not for just left brain people and it's not about a left brain outcome. It's a kind of a, a more holistic approach to the idea of NLP and it's a heart or a soul based method of training. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because I know from, from speaking to one or two people who would be familiar with NLP, they seem to be of the impression that it's it's just for hard nosed CEOs or business people and what, the way you teach it is the antithesis of that. It flies in the face of it. So let's talk about that for a little while. Yes. The way I teach it is, in, from my point of view, from the day I was introduced to NLP, I could see the, um, the beauty of it, the changes it can make on all levels for us, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, communication-wise. However, if you go in with a hard-nosed way that NLP is just about language, pattern, nouns and verbs, you lose the whole base of it, you lose the whole belly of it. To me, the whole essence of nlp it's about opening ourselves to uh to open communication rather than close communication when we have open communication we're doing it at a heart level at a soul level not just a left-brained level we're doing it where the communication is important to everybody that's in the conversation, whether it's a one-to-one -one with a person or whether you're doing it with a, a team, that that communication is important, that everyone in that team or that both parties are listened to. The, the biggest thing for people is most people don't ever feel that they're being listened to. Where with NLP, you learn how to really listen at a very deep level to people. You, you listen to their body language. You listen to the tone. You listen to the words they say. Most people... It's when almost an intuitive guidance comes to you through, you know, being able to understand people sometimes without them even having to talk to you. Yes, through their body language, exactly. And when people learn to do that, whether you're doing it with children or whether you're CEO in a company, you have automatically you're going to have open communication because if the CEO is talking to a team leader and they're actually just doing it from a self-talk base 
the person's immediately not going to be able to come back in and with open communication and tell them what they need from the CEO. Where if they go in like this with an open communication and learn how to listen, it's a win-win situation for both people or a team leader with their team and for a company. Or if it's a significant other, if it's someone in the home and it's a, because I do a lot of couple coaching, you know, when when couples start to hear, learn how to listen to each other rather than always waiting to react and jump in to give their point of view, immediately with couples, you they have open communication. They hear each other. Does that make sense, John? That makes complete sense to me because I think... Um Everything we do is about communication and the way that we communicate and the way that we interpret communication also. And if there's some kind of breakdown there, well, obviously a relationship is going to be affected, be it business or personal or romantic, whatever it might be. So I think from the way you describe it, it's it's very much a heart-based way of communicating, which can only have a positive outcome for anybody who decides to apply it. If you, if you just look at what you just said, a breakdown of communication there. Now, for instance, since... My since my introduction to NLP, I've stopped drinking. I've stopped smoking. I'm coming into my third Christmas this year, being completely teetotal and the happiest I've ever been in my life. Mm. Now, when you say breakdown of communication, for instance, how I'd apply that to me was um, most of my challenges in my adult life came to me through um, drinking and partying and stuff like that. However, the breakdown of communication for me was even though I was creating these challenges. On a level, my beliefs and my values, my belief was that this is the best time of life and I'm actually having fun. However, when I became aware of this, the breakdown of communication was erased and I was able to communicate myself on an open, not a judgmental, on a curious open level that I wasn't saying, oh my God, you're a loser, you're this. It was like, right, hang on a sec. You know, I can look at this objectively now and maybe this isn't actually fun and maybe this isn't what my values are, you know, and and you know what would it be like if I didn't do this and then I applied some new techniques to it and all of a sudden I was like right actually you know this isn't what I want and that's definitely not what I see as fun and through that you know I was able to walk away from walk away from drinking it obviously I applied it to cigarettes Um, I mean a couple of years ago I went to the doctor just as a routine checkup and I walked in and my voice was quite gravelly and he said to me uh, you know I think you need to go down straight away you need to have your throat looked at and I was like why and he said you know, I don't want to scare you, but, you know, I think you might, uh, it's signs of cancer in your throat, which you can imagine to anyone when, you know, in life we need to have certainty, which keeps everything bound together. Yeah. You know, that kind of throws out certainty. So I went, I had to have an emergency biopsy on my throat, you know, which, which we did. I had to wait two weeks for the results and eventually I got the results and it was all clear. However, the doctor did say to me, you know, you need to stop smoking now or this could be a future thing, a future challenge. So I gave up smoking. However, a couple of months later, you know, I'd be having a few drinks and all of a sudden your old pattern would fire up and you think, oh, it's okay to have a cigarette. And still on some level, I would have associated pleasure, even though it caused me a lot of pain, I'd associate pleasure to still having that cigarette. However, now with an NLP kind of view of that, of changing my belief patterns, now my belief as I look at a cigarette is ultimate pain. You know, I look at it, I see people sitting in the car smoking on the way to work and it creates an ultimate pain kind of anchor to me. So, you know, the idea of ever smoking again, you know, it's just I could never actually pick up a cigarette again. And the same with alcohol for, for a sense, you know, it just gives us the ability to be able to open up new options to ourselves and come outside of who we believe we are or who we think we are at that certain time. And I tell you what I love about it too, John, is there's no judgment in NLP. Mm. There's absolutely no judgment. When we actually look at the world in a different way, we can look, we all have a map of the world that we work with and how we all filter our information. And not two people have the same map. I work with families and I might see five children, John, that were in the same room in the same situation and all five of those children will have a different picture and a different story to what happened in that room. Mm. So what NLP does then, it lets them see that their map of the world, how they perceived it, was where they were at emotionally at the time. It wasn't that somebody in the room was telling lies or something. They all experienced it differently. Yeah. So it means that 
everyone can then go individually and look at themselves and the situations they're in without blame or shame or without some without judging another party everybody everybody has their own everyone has their own idea of what happened and once you become aware of that the flexibility it creates in your life to be able to understand other people so for instance you know you can apply this to any situation in your yes. life and all of a sudden you don't have to be in reaction anymore to something, whether it's people cutting you off in the traffic, you know, someone breaking up in a relationship, whatever it is, you know, we all have to go through these things yes. every day in the life. It's the story that we attach to it and we tell ourselves either creates the fear, anxiety and pain or it creates, oh, this is another opportunity for me to grow and expand and become more than I was. You know, that's what I love about it so much. A few years ago, I'd say at the lowest point of my life, after my bankruptcy, my TV career was gone, my DJ, and I couldn't get, I just couldn't get any work. And I was standing, I had to go to a job center, which was probably the lowest point of my life, just before I started doing my coaching myself. Um, and I was standing in a queue, and a guy came up to me and asked me for a photograph in the queue. And I literally, uh, you know, I felt something inside broke. And as I walked outside, I actually, as I was walking away, I decided, you know, I'm going to use this moment to actually make my life better. Mm. Um, and, and after I realized what I was doing there, I was almost coaching myself in a sense, you know. I'm taking something that was so painful and I'm giving it a new meaning that creates a new association to that so I can actually generate an actual behavioral pattern that makes me better, that makes me more, you know. It takes you away from trying to be better than everyone else. All you're doing is you're going to be better than who you used to be. And that means you're always moving forward. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. That's very, very interesting. And I think a very good point because it's not about competition. It's not about being exactly. better than uh, Johnny next door or Mary across the road or whatever. Exactly. The, once competition is removed, I think the, the ego is released in a sense. And I think it becomes a lot more, a lot easier for people to create their own reality. Oh, absolutely. And that's what it's about. It's about stepping back from the ego. And again, it's about responding to our situations in our life rather than reacting. And the more people that learn to do that, the easier the world will be to live in. The whole, I mean, for me, as I look around at the world now and in, 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 I suppose in, in, in a new view of my new map of the world, mm-hmm. you know, I see so many of us get caught up in all day long. We're being kind of bombarded with you need this you want this you have to have this you know this is the level we need to be at so from a very early age we're under pressure to try and kind of conform into what people believe is right however when you understand people there's no right and there's no wrong everybody is different you know and when you actually become aware of yourself you know being different is okay being different you know than other people actually is the way the world is so you know you can actually use that as your strength rather than like a crutch does that make sense yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense and i've a question that i think may be on quite a few listeners lips at this point because we're not all from an academic background and we're not all people who necessarily are open to studying or who want to study at all and it mightn't suit some people so tell us a little bit about the process there is it is nlp a difficult thing to pick up or is it for only some people and not others or is it an all-encompassing method that anybody can use quite easily and apply to their own lives nlp it's nlp is about learning new language patterns It's a fun learning. It's not about being academic. It's about learning about yourself. It's about learning. It's funny, when I I learned NLP in the beginning, I didn't read and write till I was 35. 20, 35, I think it was, or 33. And I had learned NLP, and I didn't read and write. And I learned how how to use it in my life to make amazing changes in my life. So essentially, Betty, is it is it about really taking the knowledge of language that we already have and putting a different slant or perspective on it so that we can use it in a different way? That's exactly what it is. It's about learning. It's about opening yourself up and learning about that there is choices in life. It's about, as I said earlier, it's about reframing where we are so we can actually frame it to make our lives work. It's about learning how to, there's what we do, a thing called the meta model question. It's about learning to ask yourself questions and ask other questions. You to get rid of the deletion, distortion, and generalization that we all put into our communication and getting right into the root of what we really want to ask. 
So it saves a lot of time. It's very gentle. So anybody can learn NLP. Uh, John, I think as well, the thing with NLP, uh, if you, you know, I, I think in my, as I've studied NLP now, I've found like maybe 70 different people with 70 different explanations of what it is. Yeah. So it's relative to, to people. However, what I will say is, you know, um, I had no real background at all in, in learning at all. I left school quite early. Mm. Since I've done NLP, I, I start reading for the, I read a book for the first time. Um, since I was like 15 years old, I've gone on to take a speed reading course, and now I've read nearly 100 books. I've been reading back-to-back books since it happened. Now, NLP for learning, I switched on my mind to a different way, a different process of thinking that I found out, you know, I'm a very visual and a very auditory person. I like to see and hear things. Now, I've actually adjusted my learning that I listen to a lot of audio programs as I'm reading as well. So what happens is I'm taking in the information and actually retaining it way better than I ever did before. But with NLP, if you, it's one of those things, if you immerse yourself in it and you live it, you actually apply it day to day to your life, you know, to all areas of your life, it actually becomes second nature very, very fast because you know you're living it. And, uh, and the, way, the way I explain this to people is when you actually feel, the first time you feel the change. So for instance, you know, if we read a book about from the Dalai Lama about forgiveness, you know, mm. we might intellectually know what forgiveness is. However, until we go out and we forgive someone, you know, we our body doesn't really understand it, so we haven't made an emotional connection to it. And NLP is like that. Once you start applying it to your life and you see the results it creates, and those results are different for everyone. You know, a lot of people come out of NLP as a coach and they apply that coaching to their own field be it financial, you know, uh, sports, nutrition, whatever that area that you're in that you're really good at, you can apply an NLP model to it and become better at it. And uh, as Fran was bringing that up, um, I have a lot of teachers that do the course Mm. and they find it absolutely fascinating. Even from the first weekend they do, they actually go away and they bring it into the classroom. And the changes in the children and their learning, they tell me, is absolutely amazing because they help them reframe, you know, how they may see maths or how they may see something again. As Fran was talking, we learn about representational systems. You know, a lot of people, there's five, you can be auditory, kinesthetic, visual, you know, and they start recognizing, you know, what children are, are the auditory, visual, and then they give the lessons in all the representational systems. So it means the children in the classroom are getting it faster and are, are, they're not losing any of the children in the classroom. That's absolutely fascinating. And the fact that you bring up children there as well, because a bone of contention for me personally would be the, uh, the education system and the schooling system that exists, not just in Ireland, but right across the world. And... I mean, rightly or wrongly, I personally believe that it's about putting people in boxes and people ticking those boxes so that they can get to the next level on what, in essence, is a very competitive system, be it points for the Leaving Cert or entrance exams for college or whatever it is. And I don't think I think that kind of flies in the face of us as um, well as spiritual beings or as human beings. And. I'm very attracted to anything that opens up young people's minds at a very early age. So so that's something I wasn't aware of and something that personally fascinates me. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I've uh, one young man who's a teacher who did the course last year and he's now actually given uh, talks to the teachers in his school and other schools on how he's brought NLP into the classroom and and explain it to them how they can do it and the difference it will make in the classroom and he's getting great results so it, it the more people as I say engage in this especially as you say with young children it's opening children's minds to a whole different way of seeing themselves and seeing the world Absolutely fascinating. And for those who would like to know more, tell us about the big event that's happening in Dublin next Monday on the 9th. Yes, the 9th from 7 until 9, Fran and I are giving an open talk. Um, We will be given tools and techniques to manage, as we all know. I absolutely love Christmas and I have found Fran's 38. 
Can we give me a oh, few sorry, years there? Oh, sorry, 36 for a marriage. No, sorry. Dermot and I are married 38 years. Whacking a few years on there. Yes. France, you know, I'm married to France staff 38 years, but for that, all that time, we've never had a, a, a bad Christmas. We've never had a round over Christmas as a family. We've, we all have the most wonderful Christmas because of open communication. And is the talk on the 9th in Dublin, is it... It's open to all kind of levels and people who are totally new to NLP and maybe people who are a little bit familiar with it also. There'll be people there, there'll be a lot of people that I've trained there uh, that will be coming for more inspiration and there'll be lots of young people. We're getting a lot of uh, calls and uh, emails from young people who want to know more. So it's open to everybody. We'll be giving I think as well, we're going to be just talking about some of the situations and challenges that we've faced in our life and how we've yes. applied some of these tools and techniques to it. Mm. And also as well, you know, through covering some of maybe law of attraction and how to apply some flexibility to what we think mm. and to raise our vibration to attract the things that we want into our life, you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, just to mention as well, uh, it is a ticket event, so anyone that does want to come down needs to email uh, info at bettycosgrave.com or uh, contact frankcosgravecoaching.com. Otherwise, yeah. we obviously, you can give out those information yeah. later on. But uh, it's generally open to everyone, John. It's just going to be a really good, fun time yeah. talking about stuff that makes your life better it makes other people's lives better and you know just bringing up the vibration of yourself coming into the festive period and giving tools and techniques for people managing relationships over that period of time and going into the new year so we'll be giving tools and techniques for them to actually have a much easier christmas with with relations with with friends and family and there's no charge but it is important that people get tickets in advance yeah yes but, but yes because for the size of the room and to make sure the last talk i gave um i didn't do a ticket only and what happened was a lot of people arrived later and we hadn't enough seating for them right in okay. the middle of the talk so it's just to get the numbers as well and is there a website that people can go to if they would like to find out more information yeah, you can go to uh, Um I've got all the information up there. And obviously, you can go to uh, Betty, w- yeah. Yeah, And My email at the moment would be... Info at bettycosgrave.com. Oh, okay, that's great. Okay. I'm very much looking forward to the 9th, and we'll get the details up on the website for those people who would like to find out more. Have you any kind of last message for those listening who, um, who, who will, will no doubt have been fascinated by what it is you have to speak about? Well, I'd say, you, you know, from my soul and the way I live my life now, you know, I asked myself a question a few years ago, you know, what, what do I truly value? What's my passion? You know, what gives me the fulfillment that I need every single day to make my life better? And, you know, what I needed to be is every day I just needed to be better than I was the day before. So what I'd say to people is, you know, being able to ask yourself good questions. You know, good questions give us good answers. You know, when, when there's a computer term that says go, garbage in, garbage out. You know, if we ask ourselves crap questions all day long, we're going to get crap results all day long. So learning how to reprogram that, you know what I mean, to focus more on the things that we want, less on the things that we don't want, adds like untold amount of value to our life. So I'd say to anyone that's interested in, you know, getting even better results, you know, and finding finding that place that you're at peace and calm inside your own body, yet still being able to find the inspiration to move forward and follow your dreams, I'd say. No matter what your situation is. No matter is. what your situation exactly. is. And also a great little technique that a lot of people tell me they find really helps them would be the climate we're in and everywhere we go we're seeing things going on that maybe will put fear into us to start the day with gratitude no matter what's going on in your world a great little technique john that i still use is writing down one thing i'm grateful for every single night it can be that i saw a beautiful flower during the day or i somebody said hello to me or it can be anything they like write it down stick it under your pillow the minute you engage the next morning, take it out, start your day with gratitude. Because how, how we start the day is how we're going to finish it. 
if we start the day with fear and anxiety and dread, that's what we feed ourselves all day. So no matter what the situation is, just start the day with a small thing of gratitude. Fantastic. That's a great tip that I'm going to start tonight and I'm going to report back to you now in, in <laughs> nine or ten days time. Great. <laughs> well, listen. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, likewise. And listen, Betty and Fran, it's been fantastic speaking to you on Alchemy Radio. Thank you for your time and for joining me. And I look forward to, uh, to seeing you both on the 9th in the Radisson in Dublin from 7 p.m. I'm Brilliant. looking forward to it and thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very, very much, John. You're a gentleman and uh, thanks to everyone, all your listeners as well. Great show. I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Betty and Fran Cosgrave, thank you for joining me on Alchemy Radio today. Thanks very much, mate. See you later. Alchemy Radio. enjoyed this week's episode of alchemy radio remember we're relying on donations to keep the show in its current free and advertising free format and are hugely grateful for all the help you can offer there's no fixed cost on your donations every little helps so even if you could spare the price of a sandwich or a cup of coffee every month 
it would go a long, long way towards keeping us afloat. Our donate button is on the website, alchemyradio.net, and your support and assistance is hugely appreciated. Thank you to everybody who has donated over the last few weeks as well. Your help and support hasn't gone unnoticed, and we're very, very grateful. Our next guest on Alchemy is Richard Grove, and we've a very interesting chat in store there, no doubt. So until then, I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Alchemy Radio. Alchemy Radio. Analyze. Are you tuned in? 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 Are you tuned in?